This is our first morning of our breakfast talking about faith. Next week we're talking about hope. And the last week we're talking about love. Faith, hope and love. Next week we've got Simon Williams here from Adelaide Hills, C3. Very excited to have him coming down and preaching. So get ready for that one. This morning Chris and I are talking to you about faith. Um. What we thought we'd do this morning, because our breakfast services are a little bit relaxed and uh, uh, slower and uh, hopefully more enjoyable. Well, no, I shouldn't say that either. Um, different. They're, they're different. It's always enjoyable it's always, in here. What are you talking very, about? Especially when I'm preaching. But um, Got to get some self-advertisement in because nobody else does it. Um, so we thought we'd, we'd actually talk about faith and our theme for the breakfast is a fresh start. And so we looked at the idea of faith and we thought we'd actually uh, talk a bit about um, why, why it's actually necessary to have a fresh start with faith and, and some of the things that have happened in our journey with, with the church that, have, that it's been very important for us to actually have a, a fresh faith uh, and a fresh face sometimes uh, on what we're doing. And I thought we basically, I've picked out a scripture of mine that's a favourite and Vicky's picked one of hers. And we're going to talk out, speak out of those scriptures, just a few points, to hopefully help you with your faith this year. Mine comes from 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 7, uh, which in the NIV version it says, For we live by faith and not by sight. Um, this was actually when we first started coming to church, this was a song that we used to sing, I Walk By Faith. There's a few people um, here that would remember that. And uh, I tried to find an old recording of it, but I think it was actually on something called Cassette. I don't know whether you remember those. And uh, I couldn't find any of those, never, nor Stop. anything to pray. I thought I was 35. And uh, you're giving it away. Sorry. Um, uh, and now I'm in trouble. Anyway, that, that was something that I lived by. I can remember I used to uh, do the corporate cup back in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. No, late 80s. Um, and uh, I remember running around the, uh, the Torrens. And to keep my cadence coming, I'd actually chant that song under my breath as, as, I, as I ran uh, in the hope that I would actually make it to the finish line before I collapsed. And let me tell you, faith kept me going around that circuit. Um, so uh, do you want to tell them your, yours, Well, uh, If you like. Sure. Hebrews 11.1, 1, which says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I remember years ago hearing um, a speaker talking about the fact that faith is actually a substance. It's, it's a thing. It's, it's a part of the ingredient, if you like. And it's almost like if you go to bake a cake, if you forget to put faith in, the cake isn't going to bake properly. It's not going to turn out to be a cake because you've missed an ingredient. Faith is actually a thing. It's a substance. It's, it's real. It's something that we have to, um, we have, to have as part of the, the overall mix, if you like. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But we have to have faith for those things to come to pass. So I guess the, the first, because we'd been in church around about eight years I guess, before we became pastors of this church. And 
we'd learned a bit about faith along the way. Uh, our church was a very strong faith church. Um, but when we became pastors, uh, became is a very benign word. It sort of implies that it happened just sort of naturally. It was a bit like being dropped into a, an icy cold bath. Um, it was something that was unexpected, took our breath away, and required a lot of paddling uh, afterwards. And I guess w one thing we knew was that God had asked us to do it. But he didn't actually give us the, he didn't prepare us for that. I mean, you know, there's that old saying that God prepares the call, he doesn't call the prepared. Um, and so we were called to that. But we had to face the fact that we were inexperienced. Um, we had no real idea about how to run a church or, or what sort of vision to set or anything. So we actually, and the circumstances of us taking the church on had meant that the church had grown rapidly from 400 to about 20. Um, and so if we live by sight, the situation actually looked really hopeless. Um, and so we actually had to take on board this whole idea that we were there, we had to live by faith. We had to look to the future, we had to believe that God had a plan for us and that we had to rest in, in what he was doing. We had to believe that when we got up and preached that the word of God was powerful. We had to believe that when we organised things, that, that when we, we ran services, that we were actually doing God's plan and God's will because we couldn't see it. There was nothing to see. We had a group of faithful people with us and it's at those prayers, that, that stepping out in faith that actually kept us going for 20 years because we refused to acknowledge what we saw as having an effect on what God's plan was. And so that, that was our first th thing. And I, and I guess to tie it all together, the reason we've chosen a couple of scriptures is that, and there's another scripture that says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so I encourage you this year, if you, if you want to step out in faith, the first thing you do, burrow into the word of God. Find something that you can stand on and live by out of the word of God because your faith will grow out of that. And I, and I think that, you know, every year for us is a fresh start. It's a time to look again at what the future holds and what God's called for us to, to do and, um, and to step out with fresh faith, with fresh eyes, with fresh vision and with fresh hope for the future. And I remember um, in the first few years when we started, Chris had a, a fantastic had job. A job. He was a, <laughs> a real job. He was a research... As my mother keeps telling me. He was a research scientist and he was at the top of his field or the top of the pay scale, I should say. So he'd sort of made it all the way through. And, um, and he was on a, a reasonable wage for that time. And, uh, Pretty flaming good, really. And, and, and we had all sorts of plans uh, for our future and what we were going to do and um, all, all kinds of things. And then God called us into, into ministry and not too many years after that, uh, Chris was paid by government grants and the grants ran out, or at least not completely. The government paid some grant money, but it wasn't enough to pay Chris's wage. And what happens in his situation was if you were on a top pay scale, you couldn't drop back to a lower one. So if, they, if, they, if you get less money in, they basically couldn't employ him. They had to employ somebody who was younger and, take and, yeah. and could take less pay. 
So he basically was out of a job. So this is, again, a new year for us starting because um, it was literally a new year because the grants all came in towards the end of the year and you knew whether you had a job for the new year or not. And here we were finding ourselves not only in ministry but all of a sudden with no income. And, uh, and at that time, as Chris said, the church was very small. It certainly wasn't paying us a wage. Um, and so there was no means for us to support ourselves. And so you have to... Uh, this is... We're telling you these things because this is an encouragement to every one of you that, that, that God did, did not let us down through that period. It did take some time, but we did not ever go without a meal or not have our bills paid or anything like that. God took care of us in all sorts of various ways too long to go into all those stories, but eventually um, Chris started up his own business and began to to make money there but you know sometimes you've got to you've got to go back to what God has told you and look at that and look with fresh eyes and trust that he is with you that he is walking with you he's standing with you he is helping you he is guiding you and he is going to see you through and sometimes that's really hard that can be really really tough and this was a tough time for us it was certainly a test for our faith yeah. And maybe some of you are facing things like that as you come into the new year. I don't know where all of you are at. Maybe, maybe you're just looking for a, a new job. But, you know, if, if you put your eyes on Jesus and you trust in him, he will make a way for you. But you've got to go to him first. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess the second thing I remember learning, and, and I think – Still learning. And it's one of these things where we often talk about these things in the past as though they're done and they're over, but faith is actually a constant thing. And I remember that the first thing I learned about having faith was that it was you have to be careful not to have faith for what you want or, what, or how you think. Um, we, we believe that God had plans of success for our church. But because in the, in the 80s we were part of a, a movement that was focused fairly squarely on what, what's now called the megachurch model. And so we, we stood in faith believing that we were going to have a church of thousands. That we were, you know, in the first couple of years we were going to burst out of this place and we were going to have, yeah, we were going to rock Adelaide. There would be thousands and thousands of people turning up to our church. Not because that, that's a wrong way to think, but that wasn't actually God's plan. It was, we were actually thinking culturally, not spiritually. And the thing that God has taught me in terms of faith is that not having a megachurch didn't make us lose faith. What God actually did to us on the journey was reveal to us what his plan was. And, what, and the thing that, that where you've got to get rid of your pride and your own ambition is that God's plan is often quite different from your plan. Because when... When we were in ministry, everybody around us was talking about numbers. Every goal you set was numbers. You know, you planned to have a church of X number of people uh, by the end of the year. And, and we did this religiously for the first couple of years. Okay, next year we're going to have 35 people. And, you know, we, and we kept, and if that didn't happen, we'd just raise the goal because that's what faith was about. But somebody at a conference once said that the only way you get a big church is if you've got big people. 
And that struck with me, and I was thinking, what does this mean? And I I prayed a lot about this, and and finally the revelation I got was that I'm not here to build the church, I'm here to build people. It's actually about individuals. It's what we call today, we call it discipleship. It's actually about building people. The way you grow a church is you build each other. It's not about praying that lots of numbers come into your service and that you can have a big crowd to look out over. It's actually about the relationships that you build. And God's plan for growth is actually for you to get amongst people and grow them. And that, that was actually a major shift in our thinking. Now, that initially, we, we met a lot of resistance because a lot of people around us were still talking about the fact that if you're not growing, you're not healthy. If you haven't got huge numbers. If, and, and yet when we did our, our church life surveys and things, it showed a, a consistent growth of about 5%. And yet it didn't feel like we were doing what everybody expected of us. But because we'd received something from God, because our faith was that you know, God had shown us what we were meant to do, we actually had to stick to that. Again, living by faith, not by sight. And it was a great struggle. I mean, I had a number of years where I was in severe depression because of the outside pressures on my life that told me that I was a failure. And I mean, I, I hung on. It was not, I wasn't even hanging on to a rope. It was a piece of dental floss with a rope <laughs> tied at the end. And I was scared that bit, bit of floss was going to break. Um, but it was the faith that if God had put me here for something and I was doing what I believed was God wanted me to do, then my faith was going to carry me through. Yeah. And it has and it still is. But it's a revelation. It was that revelation that we're here to build people. We're healed here. Not God. Jesus didn't say go out and build a mega church. He said go out and make disciples. And so that's you know. But our faith is what kept us doing that. It wasn't because of our knowledge of how to make disciples. I would definitely say I I I would could not write a book on how to make disciples. I am not the guru of how to do that. But my faith has shown me that it's my interactions. It's being who I am. And I might not be the person who's going to get the most people saved, but God has created me to save whomever I save. And uh, that, that's what you've got to do. Don't, you know, in 2018, don't let your plans overrule God's plans. God wants the same thing you want, but he probably wants it different. He probably wants it slightly tweaked, or even ama- he wants to dump your plans completely and do something totally different. I don't know. But have the faith that if he's put you in a place to do something, that it will work out the way he wants it because of you or sometimes even despite you. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's our encouragement to you this morning is exactly that, that sometimes your plans are not going to turn out exactly the way that you think they are, but they'll always be better because God has a way of, of steering us and moving us um, differently if we're heading off in the wrong direction, as long as we keep close to him. And, um, and I'll just say that we are actually very excited and humbled by the church we have right now. Um, we feel that it is a, it's a, a great place to be, a, a great atmosphere and sense of purpose uh, in, in this church. Um, so you, know, you, you, guys, you guys are awesome. Doing a great job. True, I concur. 
So, you know, sometimes you've got to look at where you are right now this year and what God has spoken to you in the past and indeed what he's saying right now and perhaps let go of some of the, the preconceived ideas or notions that you've had or, or some of the things that you've been putting pressure on yourself about to try and do or try and achieve. Um, because one thing we do know about God too is when you're right in the will of God, there's not that pressure. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. But God is always about others. And, and I think as, as human beings, we naturally think more about ourselves than we do about anybody else. It, even when we know that, and even when we're conscious of that, we do it. It's part of our nature. I do it. And God's always trying to get us to get our eyes off ourselves and onto other people. And when we do that, it actually brings great rewards and great joy into our lives. And things move and things shift. So I just want to encourage you in that way as well. Okay. Um, and my, uh, my last point is that we need to renew our faith regularly. I mean, you might think that after 20 years in ministry, nearly 21 now, um, that it's a, it's a question of it's the, the years blur into one another, it's the same, that we, we just have faith for growth, for, for, for um, sort of people being involved in ministry and all. But every year we actually have to change what we're having faith for. For instance, last year at about this time, we were having faith for a ministry centre. Let me tell you, it's no point having faith for that now. It's there. It's across the road. It's extant. It's evident. Um, so we need to, we need to change what, what we're having faith for. Um, and I think it's easy to think, well, it's great. Why, why do we need to have faith for everything? We've got a, a great facility over the road. But you see, that is great, but it's, 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 it, and it's good, but it's not the best. And sometimes we have to drag ourselves out of our comfort zone to say, well, what's next? That, that's really good. And, and the place looks magnificent. Everybody who we take into it says, wow, you guys are so lucky. This is magnificent. You, your church must be really one. And they, they sort of think, we've had it for 20 years. We, we've had it for nearly a year. And so we have to be careful not to be complacent. And we, we need to be thinking, what comes next? What, what are we aiming for? Who, who are we trying to reach? Because what we've got now will not reach the people that we need to reach in the future. And so we need to dream for the future. We need to say, well, what, what do we need to do? What facility do we need to have to be able to service a, a bigger kids ministry? To be able to accommodate more youth and young people, young adults? What, what do we need to do to make sure that we're reaching more people in the community who need to hear the message of Jesus Christ? And so every year we need, to, we need to change our focus. We need to refresh what we're doing and throw out what's no longer necessary, even with faith. Because sometimes, some people here are still having faith for things that have happened. Uh, toss it. It's, it's taking up time and effort having faith for something that's already there. Start looking forward because you know, faith needs to have an element of fear to it. And I know that people say you know, faith and fear can't exist in the same, same place. But unless your, your, your faith is giving you nightmares, you, you haven't, you're not dreaming big enough. Because we're afraid of things that we can't do in our own strength, especially, especially guys, if I can sort of stereotype us. But we like to make plans and see things that we can do because we're, we're capable. We can, we can do stuff. 
You know, we watch DIY TV shows and, and fixer-uppers and things. We can do it. But we actually have to go beyond that and start to believe and dream for things that we cannot do without God's help. And that's where it gets scary. And we actually have to scare ourselves into having faith for things that we cannot do in our own strength. And so every year, we need to reevaluate what we're having faith for. And if it's too easy, stretch it. If, if you think you can do it on your own, it's not faith, it's just planning. And so I encourage you, think big. Think beyond what you can do. Think, you know, this is going to crash and burn unless God is involved. Because that's where faith comes in. And that's the sort of faith we need to have in 2018. Because it, if it does crash and burn, who cares? We learn something from it. We learn that perhaps that wasn't the way God wanted it to happen. We learn that perhaps we put our ego or our own dreams and visions in the way. But we need to step out in faith again and say, well, I know God has an answer in mind. Didn't work that way. Let's try it this way. We had prophesied over us many years ago uh, by Fergus McIntyre. He said, you guys are going to try everything. And he said, it's not all going to work, but you're going to try anyway. And we've always taken that to heart. We are prepared to try anything. And if it doesn't work, we dust ourselves off, get up and try the next thing. Because it's not about, you know, they say it's not about how many times you fall down, it's how many times you get up. And so we're, we're dedicated to being a, a, a church that gets up, that meets every challenge. With, and most challenges are best met on your knees anyway. So um, anything else you want to? No, I think we should talk about the updates. Okay, right. So that, that's our bit of wisdom uh, for this morning. Uh, we've got a few uh, beyond updates just to talk to you about, just to give you a bit of encouragement onto what's been happening uh, on that front. Do you want me to start with that or are you going to do the... Yeah, I'll, I'll do Fiji. Yes, I'm going to need my piece of paper and my glasses right, you're anyway going to get your that piece are down there. I'll talk about Fiji. Uh, some of us have sponsored children at C3 Latoka uh, for their schooling this year and I just wanted to let you know all of these things here are what our sponsorship has bought. Um, and so there's piles and piles of books and clothes and shoes and uniforms, all sorts of different things and these are all the kids... In, in the school. I don't know whether you can... Can anybody recognise the child that they've sponsored? Um, oh, he's gone. Um, but, yep, that, that, that guy up the back with the brown T-shirt on, that's Wesley. Vicky and I sponsor him. And so I've got to write and tell him he looked a bit ragged there. And uh, uh, so he you, needs to smarten up. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, every year we've been going to Fiji and helping um, the churches over there and we've been building homes and we've had the opportunity in the last 12 months to sponsor um, some of the children over there who otherwise cannot afford school uniforms, books, and etc. to get them through the school year. So we'll, that will be coming up again this following year, I mean this year, 2018. So there will be an opportunity again for others to join in on that if you would like to. But this is what we have achieved so far collectively as a group of C3 churches. And it costs so it's very exciting. a year for a primary school child and $160 a year for a high school child. Yes. Uh, to, for, the, for all their schooling needs. Um, and it's well worth it. And if you ever decide to take a yearly trip to Fiji for the house building, you can actually meet those children uh, and uh, say hi and, uh, and interact with them. So that's a really great thing as well. 
Now also, um, I just want to read you a letter that came from the women's shelter to us regards our Christmas giving. And it says, Dear Chris, Vicky and all the congregation, once again I am writing you all on behalf of my colleagues and management committee to express our sincere thanks for their most beautiful donation of goods for women and children experiencing domestic violence over Christmas. The hampers were just wonderful and both staff and those receiving them commented on the love and care that was put into creating them. Included in the hampers were, we also received $100 vouchers, which was really quite overwhelming and incredibly generous of the church to contribute to all of our families. The members of C3 Church have been helping us for so many years and we could not possibly provide extra support such as the Christmas hampers and emergency relief food and vouchers without your help. Our workers understand the importance of providing as much as we can in the way of financial resources and material aid that can be passed directly onto the women and children we're working with throughout the year. Magic hands. <laughs> For this reason, we rely heavily on, heavily on our uh, professional partners, service clubs, volunteers and charitable bodies such as the members of C3 Church Norwood to work with us to carry out a range of projects and events that will help to lift the heavy burden of trauma experienced by our clients. The period over Christmas is always particularly eventful, involving the organisation of a huge Christmas party with entertainment, wonderful food for both mothers, single women and children. We were so blessed to be able to provide for so many women and children with what the community has been able to provide for us. Thank you so much for your continued support. We wish your members a safe, happy and peaceful festive season. So well done again for that. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah. Right. Um, is Jord here? i get Jord up. Uh, can we all stand, please? Just before we finish this morning, I want to give, give an opportunity, if you're here and you have not ever invited Jesus Christ into your life, or you may have invited him at one point, but you realise you're not living a life that includes him at the moment, I want to give you an opportunity to actually take that step this morning, to invite Jesus into your life, to start a walk of, as, as we talked about earlier, a walk of discipleship with him, to actually not just uh, be somebody who says that they follow Jesus, but somebody who actually does follow Jesus. And so we do that in our church by praying a prayer which invites Jesus into our hearts, which is not, is not the answer, it's the beginning of a journey. And so I want to invite you this morning to start a journey with Jesus. Putting your hand up saying, I want to accept Jesus is not a, 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 an instant answer to your life's problems but it is the first step on a road to a blessed life and so can I ask everybody just to close their eyes and bow their heads for a moment and if that's you this morning you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ you want to 
say to him, I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. I want to be known as a, a Jesus follower. Then while every head's bowed, every eye closed, could I ask you just to raise your hand high right now so that I can see it? I'd love to pray that prayer with you to invite Jesus into your life, to start a journey of discipleship with Him as your Lord and Saviour. Is there anybody here who'd like to do that? Just raise your hand nice and high. I'll acknowledge that. You can pop it down and we can pray. Awesome. Can you open your eyes? Let's, let's pray together as we close. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are here as my Lord and my Saviour. This year, 2018, I dedicate to your service. I look forward to seeing your hand on my life this year. Lord, I am yours now and forever. Amen.